Hello, 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 everybody, and welcome to Let's Talk, mate, with Solop Minds Mental Health Chat. Um, and for this episode, before before we actually get into the theme of this episode, I just want to give a quick uh, disclaimer that if anything we talk about in this episode does affect you, please make sure you reach out to Solop Minds Support. Um, so whether that's our support line, that is open from 9am to 7pm every single day, and that is a, available across Hampshire, or if you're in uh, Portsmouth, Fareham, Gosport, Haven't, or East Hampshire, you can access the harbour. That is a crisis service open between 4.30 and 11pm every single day. Or the equivalent in Southampton is the Lighthouse, again, 4.30 to 11pm every single day. They're both crisis services um, which are available via text or phone call, um, whatever you need. There'll be more details at the end card of this video and in the description below. Um, so if anything we talk about does affect you, please do uh, jump out and, you know, call our crisis services, contact our support line. We understand some of this stuff can be extremely triggering for people. So please do move on. And the trigger warnings for this episode are we'll be talking about race and mental health. And obviously maybe because some conversations will come up about racism and stuff like that. So if you, if that, any of that does sound like it might be triggering to you and you don't want to listen to it right now, we completely understand. Please do uh, reach out to our support services if you need them. And if not, just take a break, look after yourself. That's the most important thing. And you can come back for another episode. So as I said at the top, um, or as I suggested there, this episode of Let's Talk Mate is going to be talking all about Black History Month and talking a little bit about why um, the Black communities might be more likely to suffer with poor mental health as statistics show, and also why um, they're less likely potentially to reach out to services um, so what, and I'll introduce myself, my name is Sam Clark, I'm the Digital Content Officer for Solar Mind, and then we'll just go into introducing our guests. So first of all, we've got Duke, who is a football blacklist winner from 2020 for his work in the community. Um, hi Duke, how are you doing? I'm very well, very well Sam. How are you? You okay? Yeah, not too bad, not too bad mate. Um, and secondly, you've also got Frank, who is a personal trainer and fitness um fanatic i guess we could say in southampton yes. area and frank if you just want to, you can give a little bit more thrill to introduce yourself as you just did as well yeah so my name is frank uh i'm known as mr funky fit uh which is my stage name um and i i'm an author i've written my own book called get motivated and i train a lot of people across town and i do loads of uh, different events and uh i've got my own fitness center called studio red fitness in southampton yeah that's perfect. And we will, and we will address this quickly. Obviously Frank hasn't been able to get his camera working, but you can hear his voice and you'll know whenever he's speaking. So don't worry about it. Obviously, if you're listening to the audio version, this makes no difference to you whatsoever. But if you're listening to the video version, we'll just explain that. But yeah, so just to get straight into this conversation, and obviously I'm going to do minimal talking as possible and just let both of you talk it out. Um, but first of all, I just want, you know, we do know statistically uh, that black people are more likely to suffer with poor mental health than white people and whether that be just in terms of the diagnosis or whatever that might be that is a statistic that we know his thing and we have to um a lot of people talk about it, a lot of people addressing it but from both your perspectives I wonder what what aspects do you think play into that and why do you think that is can be the case for a lot of communities um if I can just quickly start there, Sam, thank you. Um, well, for me, um, black mental health wasn't a thing back in my day. I mean, if I just let everybody know, I'm in my 50s, I'm 59 right now, and I was brought up in, in South London, and uh, both my parents um, 
the Windrush generation came over and at that time it was very, very stressful for them. Um, but however, we didn't recognize anything around mental health or anxiety or, or any of these labeled conditions back then. It was just go to work, you know, uh, put the food on the table. Sometimes you would have to have two jobs, you know, um, and, and as, a, as a black person or, or a black parent, there was a lot of fear around not being able to provide, a lot of fear around racism in the streets. You know, your back was up constantly. So that then caused stress and anxiety. But even then we didn't know it was stress and anxiety, if that makes any sense. It was just normal fear. So you would go to work with the fear of being called names on your way to work, fear of people bullying you at work. If there was anything that went wrong at work, you'd start thinking, well, they're going to blame me because I'm a black person. Um, and more times than not, you would have two jobs and you didn't want to let the employers down. You would work twice as hard, you know, to try and, and that creates a lot of anxiety and a lot of mental health. But there, there was someone said to me one day, but it, it's the cultures I feel that don't take up the access to supporters because a lot of our cultures, I think back then, um, not so much now, is that um, they will deal with it themselves. So if, let's say my brother had ADHD, they would look at it differently. They wouldn't try and find out what the diagnosis is. They just think, oh, he's not well, let's hide him away. Can't have people like talking to him because he's not well or, or, or something else. But um, now that we have these names and labels, um, I, I do fear, I do feel that more black people or anyone of color should access the support. And being a, a mentor as well, I try to sort of uh, drip feed some of my young people around mental health so they can bring that back to their families because a lot of black families, maybe African, maybe Indian cultures, like to deal with their own stuff like behind, behind closed doors. And that's one of the reasons why um, they don't really access the support. What do you think, Frank? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, you know, I, I totally agree with you there. You've mentioned a few factors um, which uh, talk about the culture. Um, and you've mentioned a few factors which talk about the stigma. Um, so those, those factors are real. Um, and I think uh, within my own uh, fitness profession, I've realized that, you know, there are, you know, you know we, we, I work really closely with uh, sort of mental health organizations. Um, and I've set up so many different schemes to try and get the mental health going. And uh, there are no black people. Yeah. You know, uh, everybody, everybody who I'm dealing with is uh, people that, that come to me that need the help are uh, white people. Yeah. So, you know, I, and, and uh, funny enough, of the last couple of weeks, um, I think two weeks ago, I had, um, um, I was invited to a, a Black History launch uh, by Lou Taylor. I'm sure you know who that is. Yeah. Um, and he'd organize something um, for Black History Month where we can go and um, um, and have a chat and also um, exhibit what we're exhibiting. So for that event, I took my book, which I was talking about a lot. Um, again, there was the same similar subject um, um, being spoken about. Why aren't Black people accessing these services? Yeah. Uh, where there is a lot of funding, um, there's a lot of uh, capital going into it. There's loads of these organizations that are out there helping, 
um, um, different people to, um, um, to, to cope with, with their everyday life. Um, and and uh, uh, that subject was spoken about, but it was, it was inconclusive. Um, I went to another meeting, um, which was on Saturday. Um, that was an, an NHS uh, meeting that was held in, um, in St. Mary's. It was an NHS community meeting that, that uh, uh, um, was set for people to discuss ways of being able to engage communities. Um, and again, that same subject, I mean, I trigger, I, I'm, I'm the one who triggers it everywhere, to be honest, because I'm, I'm concerned. I run, a, I run a really successful establishment and yeah. I, don't see any, I don't see any of my people coming in or any black people coming in to ac access yeah. those services. Yeah. Um, so part of what was spoken about was cultural mm -hmm. and it was, it was to do with um, um, general perception, you know, of how uh, a lot of black people see these organizations and, um, and, and, and they see themselves taking part in those organizations. So you're right, um, it is to do with those particular two two matters yeah the, the, the stigma is like you said uh, frank is very real out there and i i tried to explain it in, in a way where you're a fitness guy so you'll understand this that um the brain is a muscle mm -hmm. and it needs to be exercised like the muscles in your body so yeah. if there's something going on in your head and you're not sure what that is we need to exercise or find out what that is and exercise the mind um, but it's so difficult to get black people, Asian people, any person of colour really, to access the support. And back years ago, someone said to me, oh, I can't go and see the doctors, the, the, the white man might kill me, they, they're out to get me, they might <laughs> do this to me, you know, and, and that's another reason why, why they weren't going. And it's absolutely crazy. And, and they would try their own herbal remedies or their foods or bush tea or all kinds of thing and talk to a man at church and all these kind of things to try and uh, get rid of this so-called mental health. But it's, it's not an overnight thing. It's not a thing you can, you can do on a Sunday afternoon between 10 and 2 p.m. Do you know what I mean? It's an ongoing stigma, which I, I think the parents don't recognize it. So if the, if the young person is saying, Look, mum, dad, I think there's, I think I might have something wrong with me. Oh, behave yourself, sit down, go down to you, there's nothing wrong with you. You're just tired, you know? Um, so sometimes the parents are not taking it on board or they're not listening. And and I could probably guarantee that you probably won't get any older, older generation coming into access to services because they, they think they're all right. And within Black History Month right now, um, I, <coughs> The promote what the campaign I'm running is there was two campaigns day of action and black wellness so I decided to go with black wellness so what I decided to do I decided to approach all players of color that's male and female I'll send them four questions around mental health and get the players to send it back to me I also approached some of the black staff that are hidden within the stadiums you don't see them because they're, they're behind the scenes, running the bars or selling the pies, doing the catering. So I made sure I approached two, two students, who were both university students, one African, both African actually, um, and they both came forward, sent me their answers. So what I would do, I would publish one a week for the month 
in, in our match day magazine around black wellness. And hopefully, if they can see that athletes, <clears throat> black female athletes, black athlete, men athletes, and even members of staff are coming forward to say, yeah, look, this is what I do. It's as simple as, so how do you distress after a game? You know, mm -hmm. and it could be different ways that a player distresses after a game. How do you distress after working um, in the kiosk after a match day? Those different types of answers, and we'll make sure that we get those out, you know? And I suffered with mental health for a long time and didn't really say anything to anybody because I didn't know what mental health was. I thought I was just angry all the time. People used to annoy me, go away, leave me alone. Didn't realize it was my own mental health that I was fighting with until I was in addiction for, for 20 years um, and I had serious depression. Didn't even realize I had serious depression. And that was because I was mixing up my mental health with the drugs. So when I was high, I was fine. But when I was low, it affected my mental health, but I didn't look at it as mental health. I looked at it as, well, I need some more drugs to be fine. Does that make sense? Definitely. Then, um, uh, Kieran? Yeah, and, and it wasn't until I actually went into rehab and spoke with the counsellors. Um, and again, Frank, I think I was probably one of two, maybe three black people that was in my rehab at the time. Um, and I accessed the support and then I found out so much about myself. I found out that I was carrying resentments for so many years. I, I, I found out that I had short-term memory loss. I found out that I was impatient. I found out that I had no time for nobody. So many things that affected uh, my mental health. And at that same time, I thought I was okay. Yeah, I mean, I, I can I can relate to that. Um, coming from the community, I mean, um, I I can say I had a spell of that. But um, before I get into that, um, I'd like to say that you know everybody has suffered some form of 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 sort of mental health problems. Um, they might not necessarily identify it as as an ongoing mental health problem, but you know the stress, the anxiety, it 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 pushes you to that next level. If you don't yeah. deal with it at stress level, yeah, it grows. Yes, and and it becomes depressive, and it becomes, you know. So I've never ever had a problem with. Uh, I've always been active all my life. You know, I yeah. did athletics. I've I've always been as we as we all know that um exercise. Um, um, generally helps to, to deal with uh, mental health uh, conditions. Yeah. So if you're always active, you don't, you're almost masking anything that might happen. And, yeah. you're, and you're helping yourself by increasing those endorphins in your body. Yeah. Um, but this particular time, um, you know, I, I, I lost my dad when I was 19. Right. Um, and, uh, and I felt that, um, you know, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't mourn my dad because he wasn't really there for us. Yeah. So, so it was almost like, um, 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 internal anger of like, you know, okay, so this guy has chosen his life and he's not really taken care of us. My mom struggled, you know, to look after four of us yeah. and, uh, um, and then he's died without even approaching us to say, Hey, listen, guys, I'm really sorry for what happened. I'm really you know, I always had that that feeling that he was going to turn up one day and just uh, lay everything on the table and apologize. Yeah. You know, 
Um, and uh, um, I didn't know that I had that in my mind all the time until he yeah. died. You know, wow. so when he died, um, I just, uh, I didn't mourn his death. Um, I just, um, I was angry. I just thought, oh, well, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm my own man now. I'm going to start, I'm starting my own clan. I'm starting my own family. And, you know, the yeah. family name doesn't mean anything anymore. And, and all this stuff was in my head, but I defended it by, by thinking, yeah, I'm good. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And um, then it, it sounds a little bit like you, you had that, you built up that resentment again over, over years and years and years of your dad not being in your life. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that, and that carries so much weight. And yeah, and, and, it, and it ended up, um, you know, a, a situation where I just found myself um, uh, probably a bit like yourself, just hanging out with the wrong people. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. Um, and, and just, uh, and just, you know, that, that, that finding me was yeah. a very, uh, was a very, um, um, what I might call very masculine finding me, you know, yeah. it was, it was less than the, it was a, a bit more than the ordinary, you know, I went yeah. above and over, you know, which yeah. I, I wanted to prove myself physically. And I wanted to, um, you know, to just to just be with hard people and and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, went on for a little while, and uh, because I, I was I was involved with the tracks, um, so I was running for Healingdon. I was a hundred meter sprinter, you nice. know. So very very talented, um, and lucky enough, I had a coach who who always says very old school coach who always said to me, "Look, man, you're one of the luckiest guys. You've got so much talent. You know, you need to stop hanging with these people. You need to stop doing that." But I didn't listen to him at the time. Of course. <laughs> Till one day I squared up to my uncle, who's uh, who happens to be one of uh, um, um, uh, a university university lecturer in London, yeah. and I squared up to him, and he he was a boxer, um, you know, and <laughs> you know he just looked at me and he he just laughed his head off. He said, "You think you can fight?" Yeah. And I said, "Yeah, I definitely can fight," you know. And then he just said, "I'm going to invite you to a boxing gym. So me and you are going to go to a boxing gym. We're going to get in the ring." And we're yeah. gonna fight. Wow. You know? And I thought, okay, let's do this. You know? <laughs> so he took me to a boxing to a boxing gym. And when we got there, I, I obviously he said, Oh, I'm not I'm not I'm not gonna fight with him. I fight against him. But um there was a youngster who was similar age with me, similar age to me, um, who was in the ring, who was a professional fighter. Yeah. And uh, and the coach, um, uh, my uncle went and spoke to the coach behind the scenes and said, um, you know, go and give him a few rounds with this lad. You know, <laughs> yeah, and uh, so I got in the ring, and and you know, I I I I I could street fight, but when it came to the to the skill of boxing, yeah, and the art of uh, of the combat, yeah. um, I had no clue. D yeah, different so class. This, yeah, this guy gave me six rounds of, I don't even know how I lasted six rounds to be honest, yeah. and he he gave me the biggest beating I've ever received in my life, <laughs> you know, and it, and it was it was embarrassing. It was the yeah. most embarrassing experience I ever had, yeah. you know? And uh, when I came out of there, the coach said to me, um, this is make or break for you. You know, you're, you're either going to come back here and shape yourself up, shape yourself up as a, um, uh, you know, as, as, as a man, or you're going to walk out and end up dead or end up in prison. Yeah. So yeah. that was, that was the thing that changed me. And um, so I went back to the boxing club and, um, so I had I had a good a good boxing um, stretch, you know. Yeah. It wasn't I wasn't I wasn't that good to be honest. I wasn't good enough to to um, um, to go professional or fight at any major level. But um, yeah. I was good enough to to to, to form the, uh, to to learn the skill, um, the discipline, and, uh, 
So the, then the discipline, and I enjoyed the, the, the skill, the discipline, the training. Um, yeah. And, and it, it, it got me back into my fitness, back into my, um, uh, what you might call responsible mindset. Yeah. Um, and this is why over the years, I've always dreamt about creating something that will, will be accessible, access, assessed by um, 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 the everyday person who can't yes. walk into a boxing gym. Yeah. Um, you know, the woman who drops her kids off at school, you know, yeah. how can she, how can she, she access boxing? How can yeah. she box? And this is, this is where, this is how I created Funky Fit Boxing. Brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. And it sounds like uh, the, the, the boxing sort of traumatized you there a little bit. <laughs> it traumatized me, but it shaped me. And uh, now yeah. you, 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 it's unbelievable how much it's changing a lot of people, people's lives around me, because what I've done is I've made it accessible for people wanting to do it in their own houses by creating this funky fit pad that I, that I have for the, for the funky fit boxing concept. People can buy the, the pad and they're, they're using it in their houses. They come to my gym, which is, uh, 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 which is where they, they, they punch this pad and it makes them feel great. Um, yeah. We are rolling it out into schools. We've just, uh, I've just written a curriculum for it. Um, and uh, we are rolling it out into into community centers where I want people to be able to access it because you and me know that um, not everyone can can get up and go into a boxing gym because boxing gyms are are very stereotypical, you know, yeah. sweaty sweaty lads, you yeah. know, punching the pads in there. So it's not it's for everyone. But, but the, yeah, but the way I've done with the funky fit boxing is that you know you see the everyday person, you see a sixty year old person coming into that space, punching the pads and feeling great. You see youngsters, kids coming into the space, punching the pads and feeling great. Yeah. Um, and also knowing that this is uh, not combat, this is fitness for boxing. Uh, uh, sorry, boxing for fitness. Yes. Yes, yeah. to totally get that. Totally get that. It's not boxing to fight. It's boxing for fitness and for mind, body and soul. And Absolutely. And you'll get fit at the same time and you walk out of there feeling really, really good. I, t I totally get that. I mean, I, I like to keep myself fit as much as I can. Um, and, and you're right, it, it does give you a nice feeling when, you, when you've accomplished a session or, you know, done a run or whatever it might be. You do, you do feel really, really good. So, I mean, my routine right now, I've not been to the gym, so I might take you up on that boxing thing, Frank. Um, it, my normal routine would be the uh, gym of a weekend, but because I work in football, um, some weekends I, I can only go once, which is a Sunday, and I don't drive, so I tend to do stuff at home. Mm. Um, so I bought myself a little foam roller, little little dumbbells and a kettlebell, so at least if I don't get to the gym, I can do something at home. Um, mm -hmm. and, and even if it's only 20 minutes, um, that works. I've also got, um, have you heard of the sweat deck, Frank? The, sorry, say it again? A sweat deck. Yes, yes, I've heard of that, yes. Yeah, yeah, so when I'm feeling a bit ready, I will drop the sweat deck. So, Sam, a sweat deck is a pack of cards, how I use them, um, is I'll pick four exercises to relate to the suits of the cards. So, uh, Press-ups could be hearts, sit-ups could be diamonds, jump squats could be clubs, or uh, squat lifts could be spades. Shuffle the cards, and then you've got jack, which is 11, queen 12, king 13. Mm -hmm. So you shuffle the pack, 
and then you just basically turn the card over. So if it's a 10 of hearts, you do 10 press-ups. The next card could be a nine of hearts, so you do another nine and, and so forth, and just carry on as much as you can through the deck. Um, when I first done it, that really hurt. That really hurt, yeah. but um, <laughs> yeah, it really hurt. I, I, if I, because I actually was listening to you, and I, I think this is a way, like, I, I said, like, I'm kind of like learning as you're talking as well. And I think the thing that really stood out to me from the conversation you've had so far is that maybe the way for people to access mental health support is in these kind of less conventional ways, if you like. Maybe yeah. people aren't willing to go to therapy sessions. Maybe people aren't ready to do this one-on-one -on -one support. Yeah. You know, you going through rehab and starting to get, uh, get an idea of that. Frank going through exercise, and obviously it seems like exercise is a big thing in your life as well, Duke. Is yeah. this maybe something that organisations such as ourselves can latch on to to really engage the community because it doesn't necessarily feel like this really overwhelming mental health therapy yeah. health, but it's something that gets you start to think about it and gets you engaged with that part of your mind? Yes, I'm a, I'm a big believer on... Because um, I'm a mental health first aider as well myself. And, and a, few year, a few years ago, I spoke to someone in football about having a mental health trainer or a buddy within football. So what I'm trying to say is, so you go to a match, a player is not on his game. The coaches at the time will go, oh, you're not on your game. I'm going to bench you for the next one. Not basically asking the player if he's all right. You know, so something could have happened in his life, which has affected his, his performance on the day, but the coaches are so Jurassic. Um, and where a lot of them have not done any mental health first training, uh, mental health first aid training, they just automatically see this guy's not performing, benching. However, I saw that gap. And I also promote the ladies' game within my role. So during COVID, a lot of our female players were absolutely ruined with mental health and the COVID and the pandemic and everything else. So I, I spoke to uh, a few football clubs. I spoke to uh, two priests and a, a football club ambassador for a couple months. And we managed to train up a chaplain, a female chaplain, um, who lives in uh, Portsmouth. Now we embedded her <clears throat> within the football club of the ladies. Now what they can do, they can talk to her on WhatsApp. They can meet her for coffee after the game. And she's at every single game and training sessions. Um, she has a chat with them in the changing rooms before they come out. And it's had a massive, massive effect on, on their game. So I'm really, I'm with Frank's um, uh, business. I mean, the, the boxing, if he's, I'm sure he, he knows his mental health. It'd be also good to maybe, if you've got a colleague there, um, you can train up in, in mental health and you can talk to young people via stealth, really, just using your mental health training. Um, so they'll come to boxing, probably had a really, really bad day. And if you've got a couple of colleagues who are up on their mental health, you can have little chats before they start the session or little chats after the session. And it, it, I think it works well that way, like a bit of stealth, stealth help, so to speak. But, yeah, um, um, yeah. We'll, carry on, Duke. Yeah, so I'm a big believer in, um, different organisations having these buddies or these champions within their organisation. You haven't got to have a big t-shirt saying, I'm a mental health first aider. You've just got, just got to be um, empathetic and compassionate, trained 
and able to speak to people or able to even listen, because listening is key. Um, we can always put all of our stuff on people, but the, the biggest skill is to listen. So, and um, I'll always listen to my young people before even interrupting. I'll ask them how their day's going. They'll go fine. I go, well, sure. They go, yeah, then I'll start ranting. I'll do walk and talks. It's really, it's really important that we listen to our, anyone, whether it's young people or elderly people. Mental health affects us all, you know, in some, in some form. But um, it's how we, it's how you manage it. I mean, most mornings I would wake up anxious for no reason. Don't know why I'm anxious, but I am. So I will sit with myself for two to three minutes in the complete silence, just to slow my mind down. And after the three minutes, then I'll get up. I'll always give myself enough time to go to work. So I'm not waking up 10 minutes before I'm due to leave the house. I'm waking up an hour before I'm due to leave the house. So it gives me enough time to do what I need to do without rushing, because I think stress, stressing, rushing, just makes anxiety, you know? It, does that make sense? Yeah, when, yeah, yeah. When, you, when you're getting up in the morning, you're thinking, oh my God, I've got 10 minutes to be on the bus. And I'm like, oh, you're just leaving the house anxious and mad, crazy. And then your whole day just goes, you know, peak tongue. So, I, I, I practice that every day. I practice it this morning. I've, I've been up since seven o'clock, just silent, just slowly mooching around the house um, and, and doing my little bits and pieces. So yeah, mental health is a, is a, is a big one for me, really, really is. And, and I'm able to support other people. I'm supporting two or three people right now via telephone. Um, so I'm, I'm always trying to help people with their mental health. and. Um, Frank, I'm going to come and see you one of these days. Absolutely, it'd be amazing to see you. Um, you know, mo most of the stuff you spoke about earlier was, um, it sounded like you just literally stole it out of my mouth. You know, um, <laughs> um, it, it's, it's um, um, but I'm going to start with what you spoke about right now about the, the meditation and the relaxation and, yeah. and all those kind of things. There, there's so many different methods people can de-stress. Um, yes. And if you feel like your mind is rushing way forward than, 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 than what you expected to. Um, you know, I always, I'm an advocate of nature as well. Um, yes. You know, it's so, it's so unfortunate you guys can't see me today because I'm, I'm, I'm in one of the most beautiful places right now. Uh, <laughs> I mean, um, um, so, I, so my, house, my house is on the Isle of Wight. Okay. Um, and uh, I work in Southampton. So, you know, I've, I've, I've created all these waves because I work there, but my house, I'm actually in a place called Shanklin. Oh, no, Shanklin, uh, yeah. Yeah, and I'm right on the coast uh, speaking to you guys. Wow. Um, and uh, I just wish you could have just seen where I am right now. <laughs> wow, that's nice. But that's um, nice. it is it is a very a very good place for me to go. And um, I love to be in nature when I feel like I need to filter my thoughts and and, and, yeah. and just relax my mind a bit. I, I go and I take a walk at the, in the beach and uh, or just get into a forest and uh, just breathe the fresh air, you know, just take a nice walk. I usually take my kids and my family. Yeah. Um, so these are other ways of being able to 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 relax your mind and 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 to filter your thoughts and and actually just get back to normal. Yeah, hundred um, percent. But I'm going to go back to um to the point you spoke about in terms of um this is exactly the subject I was raising at at the meeting on uh, on Saturday with the with the National Health Service guys um, because in Southampton um, 
part of the reason why I've, I've got in contact with uh, with uh, Solent Minds um, and uh, and uh, I think the other organization that stays called Sports Mind. The Sports in Mind? Yeah. Yeah, something like that. So those two organizations, I think, are the pillars of, uh, of the, the connection between the National Health Service and, and, uh, and the mental health service that, that's out there. Because I think that um, the government has commissioned those, um, uh, the National Health Service in Southampton, please correct me, Sam, if I'm wrong, but the National Health Service in Southampton have commissioned these two organizations to kind of get out there and take care of people in a way. Mm -hmm. is, that, is that right, Sam? More or less, yeah. So we, uh, short, long and short of it, I won't go too much into it, but long and short of it is obviously we come from uh, National Mind, which is where we borrow all of our kind of branding from and all that. But uh, yeah, a lot of our funding will come from different NHS services, government, the councils, Portsmouth City Council do some of our funding, all that kind of stuff. So as well as our own fundraising, we have a lot of funding from different national services and different local services as well. So yeah, in short. Yeah, so, so I used to work, going back 10 years ago, I used to work um, with an organization called um, 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 Southampton Health uh, National uh, um, and NHS Health Trainers. Um, mm -hmm. it, it was an incredible incentive because um, it, it, it allowed uh, a lot of community engagement um, by the coaches that were running it. And what they did is then they got, they got in contact with centers and trainers and, 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 and established a good network because that network was to um, um, handhold are people into 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 centers like fitness centers yeah things like that you know um it worked really well and i was really a bit annoyed when they said they've got rid of that but i soon got hold of these organizations like obviously solid minds and uh, and and the other one which is called force in mind um i think the main problem here is the gap between uh, gps the national health service and uh, 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 um, fitness establishments and, and, and trainers. There's a huge gap in between that, that, that is really a bit of a no brainer to, to fill up. I mean, just like you said, Duke, you know, people like yourself and myself have been doing this already. Mm. We have been in the communities, we have been helping people to deal with mental health. Mm -hmm. We have been, we have been the, the pillar and the forefront of some of these people that want to talk, that want yeah. to do this kind of stuff. And I feel like, you know, by having people in communities, by having people who are, let me just say on my, on my own behalf, people who are fitness trained in communities, um, administering mental health issues is going to be the way forward. Yeah. You know, because you, you, if you have somebody, there's, there's, a, there's an aspect between me and you, um, we have a community of people who don't want to engage in this whole mental health thing. Yeah. But what we've just said to each other about our backgrounds and about our experience living in communities allows us to be able to engage people in communities. Yes. It's not going to be um, uh, Mr. Smith coming in wearing his suit and tie trying yeah. to engage a community of uh, youngsters, you know, yeah. who, who are full of testosterone or anything mm -hmm. like that. Um, um, uh, it goes back to a, a, another, another um, uh, thing I raised about, about community policing. You know, I mean, I was, I was born in Northwest London and we used to have community police, yeah. you know, back in them days. We knew who the community police officer was. 
Yeah. And and every time we did something naughty, our parents would be like, "Oh, we're gonna we're gonna tell him. We're gonna tell we're gonna tell John. You know, yeah. he, he'll take it to prison. You know, yeah. he knew everyone in the community. Yeah. And he was allowed to even give us sweets when we were young. Yeah. You know. <laughs> so that kind of stuff means that there was a lot of community engagement that that, that allowed crime to be to be um to be stopped at grassroots because yeah. that police officer knew every kid from this from the block you know and he knew if if some kid is getting out of line he knew how to do that so yeah. what i'm trying to say to sam is that you know i want to work with your organizations i want to work with these organizations but not only just for my benefit but to be able to create a bridge a professionally designed bridge between um, 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 the organization and the trainers that are on the ground. Mm -hmm. So that, that's, my, that's my aim because that's how we can spread this across to every single community. We need to work with the community champions. We yeah, need to work yeah. with the people that are already known and are already engaging communities. Yeah. Yeah, and, and give them that opportunity because I think the space that you have with boxing because as you were speaking, I'm thinking, I wonder if Frank would do something in the way of just inviting the parents in one evening um, just to sit down and speak to them, you know, what, I don't know, once once every three months, something like that. Because I, I do think it's important that the parents understand what's going on for their young people, also understand me what mental health actually is. Um, because we live in a time now where um, <clears throat> my, my dad and my mum are still alive, um, but my dad has no concept around mental health, which where my mum does because she's a, she was a practicing nurse for 30 odd years. So it's like, so if we can educate the parents every now and again, whether it's invite them in for a little tea and a little coffee, sit down have a chat you know um maybe and it will bring them into the community as well because half the time we only we don't really see the parents and until they're dropping their kids off or picking them up yeah but i think yeah. that they're the ones we could be could be targeting now um using like you've said frank uh, community champions gyms could have a community mental health first aid a champion within the gyms boxing arenas all those types of areas um, would work because it would save, like I said, someone going, oh, I've got an appointment at the doctor's. It's all official and all clinical. It's like, oh, yeah. I'll go there. And, and it builds up anxiety knowing that you have to go to see the doctor. Your anxiety increases sitting in the waiting room, you know, um, and your anxiety increases even more once you're in the doctor's surgery room and it's like, ah. So just that process create a mental health condition of some form so being able to relate to somebody like frank who's in the, the fitness arena who knows who knows himself these are the people that we, we should be speaking to people have been through it traumatized come come through the other side still continuing to be a positive role model within the community these are the people that should be drip feeding our community around mental health and it's easier for them to access because they won't see it as a mental health assessment or someone needs to speak to me because I think I'm mad because that was a stigma you say mental health people think oh mad you say counselor oh mad no you're not mad 
the brain is a muscle and we need to keep that, that muscle fit. Absolutely. And, uh, um, um, you know, that, that's, it's, it is something that I am, I am on. Um, and I think, I think we, you know, um, not only just um, obviously the, 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 the black community, but other communities as well. Yes. Um, and I think what, what I've noticed is that with, 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 with the setup that I have in my fitness facility, um, is that when, when one person of the ethnic minority comes in, they, they then again, it, it's, it's called comrades in arms, you know? When you start yeah. to talk to the people that are in there, yeah. and you think that you, you think that you got the biggest problems, just walk into a place like that and understand why. Because when people look at my videos all over, yeah. you know, funk beatboxing videos, they're seeing all these people decking the living hell out of the of the pads, screaming, yeah. shouting. You know, we play we play a lot of music, we play a lot of drum and bass, um, yeah. and 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 it's a therapy for those people. But when yes. somebody's looking at it from outside, they're thinking. I'm not that fit. I can't do that. But they don't realize where that person is started from. They don't realize yeah. where this person who walked in through the door, yeah. who could only last five minutes on the pads, yeah. had to be trained. And then they found out that this actually works for their mind. Yes. Um, uh, and they came back. They invited yeah. somebody else to come back. Yes. So we need to break through that, those fear ba barriers and, um, and, and, and allow communities to mix up, you know, because, you know, I don't want a situation where I'm saying this is a class just for the ethnic minorities. Yeah. Because what will happen is that you, you're not you're not creating that integration that we are looking for. Yeah. You know, because access to facilities is done by by uh, uh, the people who run those facilities are of diverse uh, cultures. Mm -hmm. It's just about getting them through the door yeah. and letting them understand that this is a place where you're going to get your help. And, yes. and they, they, there's a lot of like-minded people like yourself, who've got problems. Some of them have got mega problems, bigger problems yeah. than what you've had. Yeah. And you know, just get in here, talk to people, have a laugh, punch the yeah. pads, you know, you know, a dance to drum and bass, do whatever yeah. you've got to do. And 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 eventually you find that your mind gets freer and freer. Yeah. Yeah. You, you, you tend to not think about your problems so much because um, it's so easy to be negative and, and a lot of people struggle to be positive. So all the messages that we're getting through our TV, through newspapers and social media, <clears throat> most of the time are, are negative messages that we're receiving. But our brain tells us, yeah, 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 negative, negative, negative. Did you hear about so-and-so? So-and-so got stabbed. Well, 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 and we thrive off this negative uh, images and messages. So <clears throat> there was a, a company in Yorkshire decided to um, print a positive newspaper. Mm. Didn't work. Nobody bought a copy. <laughs> Nobody bought a copy, Frank, because it was too positive. No one wants to read about good news. Everybody wants to read about trauma and devastation. And, mm. and, I, and that's why I don't read newspapers anymore. And, and I'm very conscious about what I read um, because it gives us these added information that we don't necessarily need because we've got all of our own stuff to deal with already. And it's like an information overload. And then we, we start isolating, we start getting insular, we go into ourselves. And it's so easy to, to react to somebody over something. But we're, we're, we're too, I think society now is too caught up in their own selves. Um, 
not being able to reach out. I mean, I was that guy. I was the guy. Um, <clears throat> I was a personality before a principal. So I was mm. the guy who I look at you and I think, bruv, you can't even talk to me. You're not even wearing the right trainers. Go away. That's <laughs> a personality before a principal, right? But I turned that around 15 years ago. I'm 15 years clean now um, of, of any kind of substances. So I've turned that around now because it's a principle before a personality. And the reason why I turned it around is because the same guy I was dissing and didn't really want to talk to was the same guy who helped me out one day when I needed the help. The same mm. guy. He was an electrician and I needed an electrician. He was the only one I knew and I thought, I've got, I've got to go and talk to this man. I didn't want to, spoke to him, come and done the work, didn't even charge me nothing. And I thought, you know what, you can't go around, you can't go around like that. You know, judging, that's basically what I was doing, judging people. Mm. And that's a, that's a personality before a principle. So now I practice a principle before a personality. And it's kept me in good stead. Now um, I've done a lot of work around my mental health. I've got time to, to listen to others, you know, um, give them some uh, constructive feedback. It's not all about me now. Um, and, and like Frank, it's about giving back what we've learned because um, we're, we're full of abundance, Frank and I, and yourself, Sam. We, we, we want to give people what we have. So you only keep what you have by giving it away. So, and we want to give away this information to people and let them know where they can access, let them know how they can, they can better themselves. But at the end of the day, it's up to them if they want to be able to step through that door. However, we can still keep chipping away. Absolutely. We can still keep chipping away. Don't stop. Just keep chipping away, chipping away. And, and it's the same way the counsellor had done it for me because I carried a ball of resentment in my stomach for 20 years. It was like walking around with a rock in my belly. And all she'd done was chip away and chip away each session. I was crying. I was happy. I was upset. I was down. I was up. But she kept on going. I didn't want to go. Hated her guts. Then I loved her. You know, I was going through all these emotions because um, she was working on the resentments that I was carrying. And she, all she done was she just sold me. I thought, right, I'm just going to work with you. Keep working. Keep working. Little bit by little bit. We don't have to force um, <clears throat> big chunks of mental health onto um, people. But I think what Frank's doing is absolutely 100% perfect. And that's that is the way forward. We get people through the door, then we can do the work. You know, yeah, and, and, and I was going to add on to that, um, uh, Sam. You know, they, there's a lot of people like us. You know, you're talking to to, to myself and Duke. Um, uh, you know, there's a lot of people who are now totally loaded with information, and and most of them are through experience. Um, and 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 for somebody to to start doing something that they feel is going to change. Um, the world is going to change a lot of the way people perceive things is most people would have gone through it you know and and then realize that you know what there's a key here and and this key I can I can give it to many people that can unlock their own potential um, and we can we can help these people and there are many Franks yeah. and Dukes out there you yeah. know and and we need a, 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 an avenue we need a bridge that will be able to access those Franks and Dukes um, yeah. and, and they need to work closely in associations and organizations like yours because you work for a huge organization. You know, um, um, Sports in Mind 
is also a good, a big organization. I've been speaking to um, one of the ladies that champions it on the South Coast. He's actually going to come and do funky beatboxing next week um, um, because she wants to get the feel of it. You know, she's seen what it's all about and uh, she can see what the whole ethos and the whole idea of it is all about. Um, and she wants to just turn up and try it out. Um, but it's not just funky beatboxing. It's football. It's, it's, it's all these other things that yeah. people can do yeah. around. It's, yeah. it's walking on the beach. It's, uh, yeah. it's, it's waking up and meditating. It's waking up and listening to your favorite music first. Yeah. Is, yeah. these are all these are this is all information that can come from people who have tried it who have read about it who have experienced it who can give you all these clues and all these ideas um and i and i i am a firm believer of uh, um um you know people getting out there and and and, and finding alternative help to medication yeah um i was speaking to uh, uh one of my um gp my clients who's a gp um, and I've, I've got quite a few actually, and I've asked them the same question. I said, why is it so easy for GPs to just throw, throw the medication onto people? Why is it so easy to throw antidepressants just like that? Yeah. Um, and because and, 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 these guys come to my sessions, they come to my training space. And I said, but you're a GP, you understand the importance of creating natural endorphins through exercise. Why is it easy for you to just give out the medication? Because I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna lie to you. A lot of people are on medication. They're taking antidepressants, and I'm not against them. But I also think that, together with antidepressants and alternative therapies like exercise, you can 100%. you can get you can get the best out of yourself. Hundred you know? percent. Um, so she said to me, um, "There's a lot of red tape." Um, on on those on those uh, on those on those perimeters because if a patient walks in and we diagnose them of mental health conditions, we can't tell what level they're on. Mm. So if they walk out of the GP surgery and the GP has told them you've got mental health conditions, and they walk out of the GP surgery, if the GP goes, why don't you go and try boxing? Why don't you go and try fitness? Why don't you go and try that? That's never going to happen. Mm. Because there's no person who's there to hold their hand and yeah. talk to them and take yeah. them to that, to that particular center. Yeah. So she says that um, we can't let them walk out without giving them medication because what if that person, what if, what, what if we're misjudging the level they're on and they walk out of there and go and commit suicide? Yeah. You know, it comes back to the GP. So I think creating those bridges between the, the health professionals and the mental health coaches needs to be made very clear and very fluid. Yeah. You know, so somebody yeah. walks into a GP surgery before the GP administers them and gives them any medication, ask them if they're willing to try something else new. Yeah. Ask them if they're willing to, to do this. Gets on the phone or gets on the email. Email somebody who's going to go to that person's house talk to them, pick them up, take them for a little walk. Yeah. Start to, you know, start to administer it that way until they send them into a fitness center. Once you do that, you don't need to talk to that person anymore. Yeah. Absolutely. 
and I'm very conscious of time um so I'm good as much as I could I could sit and listen to you both all day long and I'm sure you two could talk all day long as well um but we've got I'm very conscious of time so I'm going to have to draw us to an end but we'll definitely revisit this conversation at some point in the future because there's so much more we can go into from this um between the both of you um so what I'll just say is again as I said at the start of the show please anyone who has been affected by anything we have spoken about please do reach out to our services it'll be on the end card just as I end this video our support services will all be there and also talking a little bit about what Frank just spoke about if there is anything in particular that you want to get involved in in terms of doing some kind of exercise please reach out to our peer support teams because they can help you through that process find the right place for you and really and really narrow it down. And obviously, now we've got contact with Frank, so they might be able to send you. They might be able to send you to Frank and help and get that help as well. So what we'll do, um, I'll link that in the description well for our peer support team because they're the kind of people in our community who can help you find, as as Frank said, alternatives to therapy, different ways you can enjoy, um, enjoy your mental health uh, therapy basically. Um, so please do reach out to them um, and Frank and Duke thank you so much for joining and chatting and really being honest with us because it's been it's been a, good, a lot for me to learn and I really hope that it will be a lot for everyone else to learn as well um, just before we go does do either of you want to plug anything do either of you want to say something send people in any direction to see something um, well I would just like to say a couple of things uh, Frank how could I get hold of one of your books um, yes, yeah, so you can uh, get hold of one of my books on, um, um, actually don't buy it on Amazon because it's more expensive, um, okay. but um, I, can, I can get one over to you. If you're, you're Southampton based, yeah? No, I'm in Portsmouth at the moment. You're in Portsmouth, yeah, we can, we can arrange, I can post one over, or if you want to pop down to Southampton at some point, I can, um, I can get a signed copy. Okay, um, Sam, could you send Frank my email? Yeah, I will do. All right, yes, cool. and, and and vice versa, Sam. Um, if Sam wants any of my contact, if uh, sorry, Duke wants any of my contacts, just um, drop him over there. I think he's a he's a great guy to um to talk to. Yeah. Oh, bless you. Yeah. Uh, likewise, Frank. Like we, we must meet up and um, I'll come and do a session. One hundred percent. Amazing, amazing. And uh, um um lastly um uh to to everyone that's listening, um you know please don't just sit there. You know, if you've got a problem, just get up and go and start doing something. Ask somebody, talk to people. You know, um, um, there's a lot of people out there. There's a lot of help out there. Um, yeah. And in particularly, particularly, you know, the, the, the ethnic minorities, guys, it's time for you to step up. You know, mental health is a, is a condition. It's to do with the balance of, your, of your, uh, uh, um, your serotonin and your endorphin levels. It's nothing to do with witchcraft. It's nothing to do with, um, with any of your past or anything like that. It's to do with the imbalance of, 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 of these chemicals in your body, okay? Anybody can have that problem. It's like having asthma or having anything. So please don't sit around and, and, and think that, you know, you're stigmatized or people are going to think you're a madman or whatever the case is. There's medication, there's therapies, there's things out there to help you balance these, uh, these chemicals in your body. It's all about chemicals, full stop. So please get out there, go, go and get the help and get the assistance. There's ways to boost up and push up those endorphins and serotonin levels. Well said. Yeah, I can't think of a better way to end it. So thank you very much for both of you joining and everyone listening, please join us back next month as we'll be doing a International Men's Day special talking all about men's mental health. And we've got a very special podcast episode that I'm planning currently. So keep tuned and keep an eye on our social media to see what that is going to be. Um, and see you later and make sure as again, end card or our crisis services will be there. Thank you very much for everyone listening. 
Thank bye you. Bye. Bye. Good health.